In order to be inspired by a company vision, team members need to understand that their role fits into that vision, that the projects that they're working on, their day-to-day tasks, fit into the larger vision of the company. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McNaughton. Great, Jason. I'm uh, looking forward to getting into this practice because it's so often that we can think we've got a nice pithy vision for our company, but when asked how that vision actually connects to the work we're doing day to day, often people are, are, are left blank there. And so let's ju- dive in and, and let's talk about what are the costs to a leader and their team when they don't know how to do this well. You know, I think it's exactly right, Robert. When you actually talk to people about what their vision is and how they fit in, a lot of them just don't know. And especially the operational people, people the several layers down or you know, where in areas where the CEO's attention does not go automatically, um, people feel discounted. They feel like their role is unimportant and it's hard to have them show up at work and do a great job every day. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also a natural human tendency that I'm going to respond to the latest and loudest thing that has my attention, that seems like, oh, this is the thing that's inspiring me about my work today. And if we're not communicating uh, how this rolls up to the strategy and all the way up to the vision, then that scope creep is, is, is naturally going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that people, you know, when they're, they don't know something is important, they don't know their day-to-day task is important, they don't ask for the resources for it. They don't, you know, lead the charge to make those things that are important but may not feel connected happen. And then uh, the, like the, the natural things that we've all seen is like siloing happens where we're like my team's resources are more important than your team's. And so we're not actually all driving in the same direction. We're competing over mm-hmm. resources and conflict and, and everything happens there. And I mean, the main big cost for me of not keeping an eye on this is you're not going to hit your vision. If you're not <laughs> communicating the vision down to your project, your projects aren't going to roll up to your vision. Yep. You know, my attention mostly goes to those teams that don't have the leadership attention. Um, I'm thinking about a fintech company where there was a funding round coming up, and the, basically the board said, to get a good round, you need to prove out the business model. And so even though it was a very technical company, and the, it was a technically-based engineering company, like 80% of the novelty and what this company did was technical – but the CEO put all of his attention on the commercialization side. And he had to get the marketing, the cost of acquisition to the customer life cost uh, or, or customer life revenue nailed out for the round. And so at about the six-month mark, what we saw was his technical leaders were leaving. And he saw mass attrition. And in the exit interviews, they basically felt unimportant because they no longer could understand how their innovations were contributing to the company vision simply because the leadership's attention was elsewhere. That's a, that's a great example. And so it's like, okay, this is obvious that it's important, um, but let's talk about what, wh- why aren't leaders doing this? What's getting in the way that leaders need to like, keep an eye out and stop doing so that we can foster this? I mean, I think the big one is assumptions right? The, the leaders are, and the leadership team is so connected to the vision and they're also connected to the execution. So they can see the forest and the trees at the same time. Kind of the people in the cubicles can't see that. They're not getting the vision reinforced every day. 
They don't see what's happening in the executive meetings. They can't understand how important their role is. And I think the executives just make assumptions that it's obvious and that people remember this and know this. And once they know it, they remember it. And I think that's a big faulty assumption. Yeah. And once again, I think it's definitely human nature. It's, it's not like we're broken because we're not doing this. This is the hard part about business. This is why successful businesses are rare because holding this higher vision and then communicating it down so people can feel connected to it and inspired by it and see how they fit in so they're not being disenfranchised like mm-hmm. they, they were in your story. That's, that's the yoga practice of, this pra- of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other big thing is that operational roles kind of get the short end of the stick. You know, especially once operations are up and running and they're do be they're being done relatively well. You know, most CEOs that are starting companies, they're inspirational, they're creatives, they're they're looking ahead. And I think that they forget to value those day-to-day folks that are actually, you know, making the wheels turn and keeping keeping the ship running. Yeah, actually making it happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so what can leaders do now to, to start doing this better? Um, and I mean, I think the, 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 the one thing that comes up for me is so often I see companies that have that vision printed on the wall, but they have an arbitrary kind of, you know, distant relationship with it. You know, they might talk about it at the, you know, the annual picnic or something, but <laughs> it's not top of mind being communicated in, in meetings in, in all departments, top to bottom. And so yeah. really to me, it's kind of like making sure that that's, that's clear. And I, I, I have a client I'm working with now that it's just like his job is to ask his team members, you know, that question, how do you see the work you're doing now fit into the vision and mm-hmm. what they say? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I think what comes out of that question is stories. You know, the best way to communicate to a group of people or an individual is to tell stories, you know, to tell stories about the customer that was stranded and or in a difficult situation and what the company did for that customer and to, to show how, you know, in that case, customer service relates to the vision of the company. But stories go a long way to help people understand how the work they're doing or their department fits into the big picture. Right. And then even having like individual missions for each, each team, each department should have their own kind of local mission statements that, mm-hmm. that, that naturally poetically roll right up to the whole company's vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of leaders do that for OKRs. They look at the team level results that need to be achieved to roll up into the results of the company, but they don't tend to do that at the visionary level, at the inspirational level, to make it real, to help the folks in operations or other departments understand that they're a a key to the company's success. Um, They know it when they screw up, but they don't know it when they're just, they're just doing their their roles every day and those those roles are going well. Yeah. Well, so let's look at the indicators of success. Like when, when we're doing this right, like when this is really done with excellence and impeccability, what, what does that look like in the culture, in the company, in the product? Yeah. Well, you know, I'll share and then I'll share a story. Um, I think people feel connected to the vision. You could go up to anybody and ask them, are you, know, are you inspired by the company vision and does your role fit in? Like you asked earlier, like that open-ended question of how does your role fit in? Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell a story from my personal life. So I'm at a week-long meditation retreat and every, for two hours of every day, there's a period of time where we all do community work. And I was assigned 
to the kitchen, which is mostly you know chopping vegetables and prepping the meals um, for the the cook and the professional chef team to actually then prepare. And we had an hour, and literally I'd come in every day, and we had a group of four or five of us cutting vegetables, and it was pretty strict protocols. It was it was a professional kitchen, and there was just no way we could get through it. And Every day we kept on failing. And by day three, I was just really frustrated. I'm like, we need more time. Right. And I was really like kind of at my wit's end because, you know, I'm rushing through this and, and really kind of stressed out. <laughs> and I go back to meditation and I'm like, wait a second, why am I here? But, um, you know, so I talked to the teacher about it, um, Diane Musher Hamilton, by the way. And she says, Jason, it's intentional that you don't have enough time that the goal of this is to learn how to be present in a stressful environment. Good to know. <laughs> right. Now, I wasn't even aware of this, right? Like, it was a bit of a discovery, which, of course, probably was cleverly created. But once I had that vision, like, it was, it completely changed how I conducted my affairs. In this case, cutting vegetables. Like, my day-to-day -day routine got actually more efficient um, but the mood around it really shifted um, yeah, yeah. because I kind of knew what this was really about. Like, what was I here for and how did it connect? And once those dots were connected, it was like, okay, it changed everything. Yeah, it really does. And I have to just roll in a quick one as well as the company that um, I was leading before. It was called the Integral Center. And I and my other leaders knew what that meant, what mm -hmm. integral means as a center. Mm -hmm. but a lot of the other staff and, you know, the membership coming there, they thought of their own definition for what integral means because, oh, that means inclusive and holistic and all of these things when we're actually coming from a very specific place. Yes. We, I learned the hard way that we weren't reiterating and telling that story and having that conversation with as many people as possible. Um, and it, it created a lot of tension and confusion where people thought they were there for one reason and we thought they were that we are holding a space there for, for a different mm. reason. That's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, I remember a case that I read about a janitorial company that had incredible janitorial services, like beyond belief. This was like New York window cleaning and janitorial services. And the motto of the company was essentially to do everything with excellence. It had a spiritual context. Yeah. Um, and it was explicitly spiritual. But that literally the, mo the motto was, that we do everything with absolute excellence and that there's a real attention to that and who we are being in relationship to excellence. And so that was the context of, you know, these janitors. And literally what you saw was a real pride beyond what you saw in other companies. And, you know, the level of retention of, of the key employees was amazing. Um, that literally you were just getting a lot done with the same resources and a lot more than any other competition. And so, you know, th they were knocking out of the park. Yeah. I, I'd say, you know, there's like some historic examples of kind of like, you know, uh, JFK, we're going to go into the, to the mm -hmm. moon in 10 years, like super clear, specific vision that scaffolded 10 years of ridiculously difficult, innovative work that was <laughs> above and beyond anything that we could even imagine. People still don't believe it actually happened, but it was such a compelling vision that was so front and center that everyone could always see how they fit into it, that it, it did as much economic innovation as pretty much anything you can imagine. Right. And, you know, the truth be told is it wasn't about the moon. 
it was a goal to organize around so that everybody could be focused on one thing and be inspired by it. And the mission, you know, allowed all sorts of things to happen. Right. Including landing somewhere else. So, and then launching from somewhere else and power and fuel. And it just, it forced all of these things to happen. Right. The original speech, why are we going to the moon? Um, because, because we can. Well, actually, it's yeah. because we, we don't want Russian satellites up there. We want our own. But, you know, uh, it's because we can. That's why we're going to the moon. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about some of the things that you could do already, which is ask people, how does their work doing, the work that they're doing fit into the big picture vision? Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, another one that you could do is just um, ask the team leaders to, to do that. You know, roll it out. Roll that concept down. Does everybody in the organization know how their work fits in? Yeah, make it a cultural practice that, you know, if you're coming to a meeting, you might be asked the question, how does this, you know, roll up to local milestones, you know, uh, annual milestones to the whole vision? I think that that is a great practice to be in and can't be repeated enough. And frankly, you know, I think a big next step forward with this is, is ask yourself, how is the work that you're doing today roll up to the vision? And mm-hmm. see, see what your own internal answer is. Start, start there. Yeah. You know, I'll give uh, one point on that before we close, which is I always, you know, ask people about how they're taking care of their bodies. Uh, are they working out? And they're like, it doesn't have anything to, do, anything to do with the company. And when we actually look at, well, what if you get sick? What if you, you know, can't work? What happens to the company? And they're like, oh, wow, the company's really in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, okay, is your personal health and well-being, you know, aligned with the vision of the company? And the answer soon becomes yes. Right. And so if you can start to also embody the greater um, notion of many parts of your life are connected with the success of the company and the vision of the company and making it happen, it really also contextualize, contextualizes living in a kind of a more balanced way rather than spreading yourself you know, directly into exhaustion. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, all of this, you know, uh, inevitably leads towards either the impact of the work you're doing, the, the purpose of the company, the product, the customers are actually going to feel that connection as well. Mm-hmm. So the net net here is that we need people to be inspired and we need to be, have them inspired about their day-to-day work and not be envious of other departments and, you know, be really motivated to, to do the work that's in front of them. And so we need to help team members of all departments connect their day-to-day work to the company's future. And it's a practice that truly has no end.